0: If you are touched by the taint of Yinogu, is how it's put... Gross. You... <laughs>
1: <laughs> taint. <laughs> Call it a grundle. <laughs> God. If you have the corruption
0: of Yinogu in your soul. <laughs> Welcome to Monsters in Multiclass, your weekly Dungeons and Dragons fix. I'm Kevin O'Di.
1: I'm Jared Bornigal.
2: And I'm Will Mildon.
0: And we'll be hanging out with you for the next hour to talk about anything and everything D&D related. This week we're looking at the Monk Sorcerer Multiclass, and then the Gnoles, stretched between the Basic Rules, the Monster Manual, and Volo's Guide to Monsters, so there's a lot here. So stick around and listen up. I like your boister. Are you going to talk like that for the entire podcast? I don't know. I just wanted to mock oh, you Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. Welcome to Monsters of Multiclass. I'm Jared Portigal. Tell me about all right. Mountain Dew. <laughs> uh, Alright, so our two classes today, uh, Monk and the Sorcerer, immediately just very differing types of classes. The Monk's main feature is its key points, uh, where it usually leverages its... Close proximity to another creature, uses a lot of melee attacks. The sorcerer is a full caster. Uh, Right off the bat, I'm thinking this is a very weird multi-class.
2: Yeah, no, I'll definitely agree. This is not a great multi-class, mechanically speaking, or role-playing speaking. It it just honestly, it's... Kevin's just laughing his butt
0: off. It's completely unrelated. I was just thinking about how when I fell right before we... Started this?
1: Were you just thinking about that? Yeah, I
0: was just sitting here, just thinking like I was tipping back in the chair once. I don't know. <laughs> Kevin just, just broke my tiles. Yeah, so that's all what right. happened. They're broken in so many places. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> um, I don't know why I was sitting here giggling about it. I, was just I don't know. About it. it was just one of those weird things. So cut are, that shit out. You actual girl. <laughs>
2: um. Anyway, what are you so? saying well, yeah. So yeah, no role playing wise, I will actually say this probably does kind of work. Yeah, because both of them. Like a sorcerer is a very random kind of class that you fall into and a right. monk is, it's not necessarily this, but you really can be like, oh, I was born in some kind of situation where I was destined to be a monk. You know, these are classes that are kind of accidental if you want them to be. Okay, Kevin. Um, yeah, a sorcerer is easy enough to add to literally
0: anything right. from an RP perspective. So that's. Not too worried about that. I, I, again, just kind of like with the last one, like it's almost too easy. So I, I have a more detailed
1: last one being the Bard
0: Sorcerer. No, no, no. no. Last episode, oh, the okay. Druid Barbarian. Oh, that was forever ago. That was on the last one.
1: I, no, I just that, that was, was literally an hour ago. Kevin. <laughs> yeah, I can't <laughs> think that far back. That's what I okay. meant.
0: Uh, mechanically, I think we need to kind of a, that. It's a bit of a stretch. It's that I have some ideas. Really, it's like really specific things. I think will work, right? But a lot would just be garbage. Yeah, just starting with your stat array of requiring thirteen dexterity, thirteen wisdom, and thirteen charisma is yeah. a little rough.
1: Yep, a little bit. Um, it's not terrible. No, that's pretty terrible. It's not great. <laughs> I mean your your wisdom is going to be a um, like a necessary component. Probably the one that you keep at thirteen or. 14 to have it be worthwhile um dexterity and charisma are the ones that are actually important uh where dexterity is going to be your main attribute as a monk and charisma your spellcasting modifier as a sorcerer um so you know a lot of well very low synergy limited role-playing aspects in my eyes just not super excited
2: i'm hoping to use the sun soul monk though the Sun Soul Monk, unfortunately, is one of those things where every one of its features, like, cancels out what you'd want from a sorcerer. I'm hoping to use the Sun Soul Monk. <laughs> oh, boy. I,
1: I, RP-wise, uh, you said they both, like, stumble upon each aspect of it. Um, I was actually thinking of a different way about this where uh, maybe they're born into their sorcery origins and then to try and understand them, they go to a monastery uh, to try and hone in on, on what those abilities are. Um, that kind of works with Wild Magic Surge, uh, but it really works across them all, uh, including the Draconic one. Uh, which usually that that's kind of weird, especially for multi-classing. You can
2: definitely you're born into that,
1: right? Exactly. So you're born into the draconic origin. Um, mechanically speaking, just looking through it rather quickly works pretty well, especially with that sun soul. Um, again, Wait. mildly speaking. Oh, sun soul monk. Yeah, yeah, sun soul monk. Yeah, the
0: draconic one makes you formidable in melee. Right. Exactly. Is, yeah. Toughness. Uh, um. Actually, even has I think better AC boosting. Yeah. The Dragonhide, right? Which is your um, it's uh, dex- thirteen plus? I think it's charisma or dex.
1: Um, on, let me pull it up. I think it's just dexterity, thirteen plus dexterity.
0: Yeah, thirteen plus dex.
1: Yeah. So you're you know you're expected to have a high dex if you're doing a monk Sorcerer. right, uh, multi class here. Uh, whereas the monks is ten plus wisdom plus dexterity. Right. So. One might be better. I'm assuming that the Chronic one would have higher AC uh, just because it's going to be hard to get your wisdom to a place that it's actually worthwhile. Right.
2: Especially Um, when you're trying to chase the charisma thing.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. Um. So the combination I like. So I know no one likes the Way of Four Elements Monk. But that does mesh really well with Sorcerer, especially Draconic. Yeah. Does it sorcerer. mesh well
2: or does it seem to mesh well? Because like in my opinion, a lot of the Way of the Four Elements Monk is just like... It's additional that's your, spells. That's your path towards pseudo-magic use.
1: I would agree. I, I think it it sounds nice uh, role-playing-wise. I don't think it works. I don't think it adds anything interesting, mechanically speaking. Um, it's kind of just like a, a mediocre spell casting um kind of the same deal with the sun soul it's just the sun soul is a little bit more focused so a a couple of
0: things here though so uh, with the uh way of the four elements one you are specifically you are casting the spell you spend your key points to cast the spell and it counts as a cast which Mm -hmm. means you can use meta magic on it and you could also get the draconic um elemental affinity so you could like add you know if you're a red dragon type and you cast a fire spell you get to add you know your additional damage
1: well that's Too, interesting. it's a full casting so it really is a monk caster yes. it's just using very different resources for yeah it. using key
0: and then there's a couple of these the elemental disciplines which are not casting a spell whereas then that's you know
1: different but majority of them are hmm okay um do you have any did you come up with any role-playing yeah so this. this is
0: for the uh draconic sorcerer and uh elemental way the four elements so before i jump into that one, one thing um you guys mentioned and we've talked about it before and i've even agreed a few but thinking on it more i've changed my mind where the the sorcerer's origin oh it has to be from birth it, it doesn't um it could be very much be sort of a latent thing yeah and, it doesn't um, manifest
1: itself later in life yes. through events or whatever reason correct it when we say from birth, it's more of like a bloodline thing. It doesn't mean that you're born and immediately start shooting fire out of your eyes. Right. It's uh, not the Incredibles, Exactly. Yes. It's more of like, you know, maybe when you hit puberty or when you become an adult, yeah. whatever or it some is.
0: event. Yes. It yeah. Like and you some, may not even
1: be aware of it. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. I'm, yeah, I, I know we have said before that it's a from birth thing. I think the way that we really meant that was it's a birthright, Uh, whether or not mm. it comes out at birth, it probably doesn't, right?
2: the real The real distinction, though, is like you cannot really choose to be a sorcerer. Correct. Correct. Right.
1: Whereas, you know, like something like a ranger, you can decide to be a ranger.
2: Honestly, point. if you choose to be a sorcerer, what you're doing is you're becoming a
1: wizard. Or a warlock. Like or you're into, selling
2: your soul right. to some horrible right. god and becoming a warlock. Exactly. Yeah. You know, a sorcerer really do is. You,
0: I mean, you could argue um, you're seeking out some sort of... You study it, and that's kind of wizardly, but you, you specifically seek out unstable magic powers as an, an experiment to try okay. to kill yourself with mm-hmm. it. You team up with someone else Um, within, like, the fluff of the player handbook. It talks about, you know, creating a sorcerer and what's your origin and why you're a sorcerer. And one of it says some lich created you as an experiment at birth.
1: Oh, that's fun.
0: Yeah, so why, why can't that happen as an adult?
2: Yeah, no, you're right, but at the same time, like it's like jumping into a pit of radioactive spiders. (laughs) Yeah, and like (laughs) nine times out of ten, you're just gonna die.
1: Right, but we're not here to talk about the failed experiments. We're here to talk about the one tenth that actually worked out well.
2: Yeah, what's your PC uh, backstory? Uh, (laughs) Failed experiment, (laughs) successful experiment. It's
1: quite the opposite. Yeah,
2: yeah. No, I'm talking about the oh, the failed alternative PC where you're a level zero. Filled experiment. <laughs> You've got six arms. And huge amount of <laughs> spider bites.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that doesn't sound fun at all. Um, <laughs> no,
2: that's the uh, very much like the commoner NPC PC role. So with
1: the you mentioned
2: the way of the four elements um, in general,
1: I just don't love that class. Uh, I feel like it's not focused enough, and I feel mm. like wizards of the coast kind of recognize that with the sun soul monk. Um, and I think that fits very well with the Draconic Origins. Uh, reason being, it, it gives you a lot of that spell spellcasting. Um, basically, your normal attacks can be ranged up to 30 feet, mm-hmm. uh, which kind of work like a cantrip uh, and, and kind of scale linearly with them. So that's the, just keeping The Radiant it, Sunbolt. Yeah. Right. So it keeps it more consistent. Uh, it, it doesn't... Basically, you could do a cantrip if you wanted to. Um, but this way you just have like a a reasoning to stay further back uh, without losing too much from from going down both paths.
0: Yeah. And I would still argue way of the four elements, multi-class with a sorcerer, so they get the benefit of metamagic and the draconic elemental thing and other boosts like that to their spells. could be pretty beneficial. Yeah. It might might be enough to bring that class.
2: It's one of those classes that is very, very, very weak in its own regard. Right. So if you're boosting it with magic, that might make it worthwhile yeah. right so in terms of rp for that so i'm picturing a
0: secluded village and they're they they don't they kind of have this reverence for dragons they're interested in them they they almost worship them in a, in a way but they're, they're very rarely visited by them they're kind of left to their own devices um each generation, an individual born of this village, as they come to a certain age, manifests these draconic traits. They're draconic sorcerer, essentially. And the, our herald is, is the leader of this village and they're very important and all that. Okay. Um, after a few generations of it being missing, they've started to learn that these, this, these draconic traits may not manifest themselves automatically, They has to be coaxed out of these people. Or this individual. And so all the children for generations now are gathered up in their train in the way of a four elements monk. They're, they master the elements much in the way a dragon masters the elements. Because all the dragons line up to an element. Right. So they train in this throughout their childhood. And they become competent monks. Um, way of the four element monk. And then, you know, since you're the PC, of course, you're the one who happens to manifest these right, powers. Right. And it's brought out in you. Uh, as part of your growth, you're kind of sent on like a pilgrimage or growth task you were told to leave the village for many years see the world and grow in your power and gain perspective and knowledge and then come back to us and i mean that could be the start of it it's um and then how you want to play from there really up to you you could say this character is once they're out in this world they're realizing i really don't want to go back to this really small narrow-minded village mm-hmm. to rule over these like few dozen people um or maybe they're longing to get back but they know they're not ready yet or you can take a kind of a more twisted route. It's once you're out into the world, you you realize you, your village is a cult to dragons, and <laughs> <It's, laughs> like you you start learning about how these other places operate. It's like there's a lot of really weird stuff going on. They would right. sacrifice people, and you, should, you grew up with it. You thought it was normal. And you're like, no, that's not normal. Oh, that's and you a... also learn like the chromatic dragons are not nice; they're evil. But, like, you don't differentiate. This village doesn't differentiate between the metallic and the chromatic dragons. Okay. So, you'd be easily be swayed to evil. It's like, shit, now what do
1: I do? Hmm. That's interesting. I like that. I I like that a lot. Uh, And that does work well with Way of the Four Elements, because then you're not really... uh, uh, With... In contrasting to the Sun Soul, where you're kind of shoehorned into the uh fire dragons this is like you can kind of choose what element you would like to stick to uh which i think is a an interesting way to go about it sticking to an element is always kind of a, a cool idea in my head for for dnd right uh that doesn't play out well most of the time
2: unless you're a phoenix sorcerer unless
1: you're a phoenix sorcerer which again is just fire there's just so many ways to go down the fire path but there's not right. a lot of ways to go down the other ones um, but you know maybe you finally have a use for that water whip It's now an action, not a bonus action anymore.
2: (laughs) Yep, that was updated in the errata. Yeah. But I I like uh, what you were saying, Kevin. Mm -hmm. Like the idea of kind of cult mindset fostering these sorcerer monks. I think that would be something that would actually arise in situations like this. Generally speaking, a sorcerer, you know, not really choosing what they are. But a monk can be subjected to it. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. you're going to become a monk. You don't really have an option. You're 12, go punch a waterfall. Right. (laughs) Uh,
1: Divine Soul is a sorcerer uh, origin. Um, Does that mesh with way of the open hand at all uh it's it's sixth level saying starting at sixth level the divine energy coursing through you can empower healing spells whenever you are an ally within five feet of you rolls dice to determine the number of hit points a spell restores you can spend one sorcery point to uh re-roll any number of those dice once blah 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 um so would that work with way of the open hand or is that a no because way of the open hand isn't any healing they do is not spell related even if it's on themselves
0: Way of I'm not
1: Way of the open hand. It's a, the monk class. Yeah, um, they can do healing, but it's it's only on themselves. I believe. I don't think it's a spell. Is it, yeah, it's I don't a think spell. it's it's not a spell. Okay, so that doesn't work at all. Um, was a question, not a, not an idea. Um, so I don't think divine soul is going to work at all. That's kind of a bummer. Throw that one out. Um, because it's otherwise just based around healing. Meh. Not very impressed by that. So in terms of Monk, I like Way of
0: the Shadow. Um, Even just standalone. I think it's cool. Mm -hmm. monk subclass. I like the Shadow Step ability you get at 6th level. Where if you were in Dim or Darkness, you could
1: teleport up to 60 feet into Dim Light or Darkness. Right, and I'm assuming you're going to bring up the Shadow Magic for Sorcerer? Yes. Yep. Uh, So I looked at that as well. Um, Really good. Uh, It's... One of those weird ones where at uh, level 14 for the sorcerer, you basically get the same ability. Uh, where at 14th level, you gain the ability to step from one shadow into another. When you are dim light or darkness, as a bonus action, you can magically teleport up to 120 feet to an unoccupied space, you see that is also dim light or darkness, uh, which isn't, like, a huge detractment, just one of those, like, hard stops normally. Yeah, I mean, your 14 14's pretty high to get to in a definitely, multi-class. Definitely, definitely. And it is a better ability if you do the the shadow mm-hmm. magic, because that's 120 feet. Right. Um, but that was just something I noticed, that those two go well together. Um, right. It's kind of like League of Shadows shit. Uh, where... <laughs> the
2: League of
1: Shadows! <laughs> we are initiated, on, not we, Bruce? Right.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> so one thing with the shadow magic sorcerer right mm-hmm. at level one you get could, you could, you learn darkness yep cast it right away you can use your normal spell slots or spend two sorcery points and then if you have the shadow step ability so you can cast darkness 60 feet away and then yep. teleport to it exactly but you
2: are still kind of uh, limited because you cannot really see
1: Um, if you cast with your sorcery points you can see in the dark vision okay yeah. so if
2: you can see within the dark vision that the dark. is a big thing for a monk
1: yes yes Yes, so then you would get all of those sweet sweet advantages cuz they can't see. What do you get advantage? Or do they just get disadvantage. You
2: get advantage. They get disadvantage hitting you. Yes. Correct.
1: Okay. Um so either way that's a okay. huge benefit and that, you know, it's it's nice. It's basically like you're throwing a smoke screen.
2: I mean, that was a that was that was a core of the original like hexblade creation mm-hmm. right. which is a fighter warlock multi-class. that's not really applicable anymore but Chuck down darkness, now you've got advantage on every single creature in that sphere. Right.
0: Right. Um, actually, the shadow, way way the shadow monk gets the ability for darkness also at level three when they take it. You can spend two key points for darkness, dark vision, passive out of trace of silence. Right, so but you can't you a, see in it. Right, but it gives you a bunch of ways to cast that darkness yep, spell. Yep, very much so. And all of those points, you're casting them, darkness, darkness dark vision, pass out of trace of silence. And so, again, you can
1: apply meta magic. Oh, it is considered can... casting. So, what, yeah, what, would the, cast. what would be the what would
2: be the advantage of metamagic in a situation with any of those spells?
0: Oh, let me look up the specifics of metamagic.
2: There's a lot of them. Yeah. There's a lot of things you can do, but not necessarily beneficial things.
1: Found the magic.
0: Careful spell. Nah, with those distance
1: spell, so you get double. Nah. Would make it cast further out. Yeah, yeah and, and then, that's not
2: really good if you're trying to punch people, in the especially head. if
1: it is outside of your sixty yeah. foot range of being able to teleport. Yeah.
0: Extend spell so you could uh, if it's one minute or longer, you can spend a sorcery point, double duration to a maximum of twenty four hours. I guess if it's darkness, only like one minute. Yeah. So it'd be two
1: minutes. Yeah.
0: Eh, no, most combats don't last more than 10 rounds. Quicken spell. I mean, that's always. That's as a bonus action, then? Yep. One action. You spend two source points as a bonus action. Subtle spell has its uses. We've talked about it before, I think, on here. We don't. Usually, when we play, we don't make spell casting really obvious, but as written, it is. Yeah. Yep. And so, subtle spell is a way to
1: make it less obvious. I'd say we've started making spell casting yeah. more obvious for what it's worth. Yeah. Um, I I do like the 6-level Shadow Magic feature, Hound of Ill Omen, uh, where you get a... uh, You can spend 3 sorcery points to summon a Hound of Ill Omen, uh, and it basically targets one creature, uh, gets some temp HP based on your sorcery level, half your sorcery level, um, and it just basically attacks this singular creature that you've focused it on. Uh, it, It kind of continues this idea of like being an assassin type uh with the shadow monk shadow monk i always think of ninja honestly yeah um and the shadow magic uh just continues that idea of living in the the shadows and darkness uh so it's nice that you can just summon this hound have it attack some creature and and just continue to uh cause problems for them yeah and they have disadvantage against any uh spell you cast which is very nice when it's when that's, that's incredibly powerful right so when that hounds within five feet of that creature you can just stand back cast your spells it has disadvantage because it's focusing on this thing and you're throwing out i don't know scorching rays that's all i can think that sorcerer's that's cast that's an anything AC else thing.
2: is it an ac yeah oh okay um whatever so any kind of debuff is going to be a saving throw kind of thing which so is what you would want to do
1: Sorcerers don't get any spells because of their origins, which I actually think is kind of interesting. They like still just get the basic, this is your sorcery uh, or sorcerer spell class list. They don't have like specific shadow ones, um, but it didn't seem like the Shadow Monk really gave anything that's going to be a damage-dealing shadow spell. No. It was mostly just you know Pass Without a Trace, you said Darkness, and one other that... None of them are damage dealing, is is basically what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. But they do mesh very well together.
0: Yeah, I, I like the idea of a wild magic monk monk who comes, you know, gets contact with some sort of unstable power. Right, the, the usual. Magic. Yeah, yeah. I know but, we haven't
1: yeah. talked about it. It's like, we talked about it with the Bard Sorcerer where it's almost too easy. Yeah. It's like, yeah, if, if you ever want to be a sorcerer, you touch a magic object, boom, you're a sorcerer. Right. Move on. Yeah. So you have the fast,
0: dexterous monk who fl- flings into battle and does a flurry of blows and all that. who's also now able to cast these dangerous explosive spells. Mm-hmm. But like part, half the time, something goes wrong. And so you have the monk who's always in the fray of things having these just unstable
1: effects coming. That just seems like a fun... And
2: by half the time, you mean like 5%? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I
1: I will agree that it sounds fun. I'll also say that it kind of contradicts a monk in my eyes, like my viewpoint Mm -hmm. of a monk, where normally they're supposed to be kind of put well together. Um, So you can play that up, I think, where they have this one unstable aspect of them. Um, If you want to play it the other way, where they started off by coming into contact with this unstable magic. And then once again, went to a monastery to try and hone in on that. Uh, but it didn't work very well. Right. Uh, That works too. Um, back to, uh, this is a terrible segue, but back to the sun soul. Um, one thing that I remember that at level 11, they get the searing sunburst, which is actually pretty nice when you start to cast it at higher key points. Uh, so basically you can do like a little 20 foot radius burst, uh, that's like a fireball, but it's only 2d6. If you pump in some extra key to it, and I think like up to three additional key, each key adding 2d6, um, you can actually make it as powerful as a fireball for five key or something like that.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, so that's actually a, a pretty nice ability on top of the sorcerer stuff. You're basically casting a fireball, but you don't get that meta magic like you would with the way of the four elements. It's right. kind of a bummer, right? So now that you brought that up, that they're all considered casting, and you can use meta magic on them, that's pretty nice. It's not limited to a sorcerer spell. Meta magic is not. That's that's nice. That's really yeah. nice.
0: Very much so.
1: Seventeenth level of sun soul. Nothing special. You get the sun shield. You get like ten free damage per round as a reaction. You can. Do some radiant damage towards somebody. Meh. Right. By 17th level, 10 damage around is just nothing.
0: Right. Jonathan, what's the capstone of Sorcerer? Oh, you regain four sorcery points when you finish a short rest. So Not the most exciting.
1: Yeah.
2: The monks, uh, especially, is just. Interesting RP stuff It's like oh I don't need food, water, or sleep like, right. That's cool I guess I think that's at like 18th no, yeah, level 20th
0: When you roll for initiative and have no key points you yeah, Regain for
1: Basically points. the same thing then yeah. Both just regain at 20 So neither are necessary to no. cap out at Especially if you're now going to be uh, Expending your resources on both sides From right. key and sorcerer Um, It'll just be Managing that I don't know, nothing special Mm -hmm. Um, If anything, I'd say the monks is better Just because you're getting that every single initiative And you can keep using four key points Which can go a very long way At that high of a level Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, even if you're just using it for flurry of blows uh, That's four flurry of blows per combat Right Which is two additional attacks four times Yeah It's pretty
0: good Yeah Alright, back on the shadow monk This is not specific to the sorcerer Multi-class or anything Shadow step So I think we've had one Shadow Monk before. Yes. I think that was Joe a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I know then we were, none of us were DM actually, DMing. And it was ruled really, really lenient on how Shadow Step worked. Yeah. If there was a shadow, he could teleport to and from it. But how what would did you guys Horde? rule that?
1: We were also playing Curse of Strahd. That, that, was, that was during Curse of Strahd. No. No. It was Horde of the Dragon Queen no. or Razatima. Was it? Yeah. Yep.
2: That was okay. way Well, then I'll there. step back off yeah. that.
1: All right. Yeah, how would we rule that uh, in this setting? Like, how often would there Just be Just in ju- general, now
0: that we have more experience and stuff, would, would you say if there's a shadow, like, in that sense, you're saying, like, somebody cast shadow, and you
1: could teleport into the shadow. That's yeah. how it that was played. Yeah, it's very difficult. Um, I would say that it, it forces some pressure on the DM to make light sources, because uh, I would yeah. totally, I mean, in a, a perfect setting... Uh, you're drawing some terrain and, oh, there's some crates right here. Well, you know, if the light source is over here, there's going to be a five-foot shadow this way. So if you're in right. this ten-foot area, boom, you've got a shadow that you can teleport from. And now you have to find another thing like that uh, that you can teleport to. Right. It's
0: very specific. Yeah. Or are we trying to make it come up too much? Because, I mean, it says when you're in dim light or darkness, which is a I think a that's specific, the core. Yeah. Like somebody casting a shadow is not mechanically dim light if you're standing yeah, noon, in so much shadow.
2: Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're casting a shadow. That's not really it. That's not the shadow that the monk is looking for. Right. How large of a radius is darkness? Is it a
1: 30-foot radius? I'm sorry. 20 foot? I think it's... 30. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, if you cast darkness, which you've got tons of ways to do that, you can teleport around that area right which you might get lucky and all of your monsters or enemies are in this area and from that point sure you're a monk you're going to be up close you've got the ability to get up in everyone's face as you need to uh but in general i think it's a pretty weak ability uh just because of that and it puts some additional things on the dm that normally you just don't want to deal with i don't want to have to say oh it's noon so there's no shadows oh it's Two o'clock. So there's actually shadows to yeah. the east. Well,
0: again, though, that goes back to so yeah, someone's casting a shadow. This tree is casting a shadow. It's not dim light. It's, if somebody is standing within the shadow of a tree, you do not get disadvantage right. on the check to see them.
2: Yeah, that's true.
1: That's, <laughs> I like that idea though. But um, in like
2: out of the abyss, for instance, that's then like, you're yeah, it's golden. You can travel that way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So yeah. I mean, in in out of the abyss, perfect ability. It's at night, almost <laughs> overpowered at night. Yeah, it's great. Uh, that's what I'm saying. A lot it of out-of-combat capabilities, too. Yes. Yeah, I can think that'd be some fun out-of-combat stuff that you could just kind of teleport around. Uh, keeps up with that shadowy ninja type thing. Right. You know, you can just get to a high vantage point and teleport 60 feet over a wall. Yeah,
2: and I think the uh, that, that's like the only thing that you're going to get with the Sorcerer Multiclass is if you want a vantage point, the Shadow Monk is good at finding them.
1: yeah. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Right. Um, I'm thinking back to that. Uh, um, oh, I don't remember the the episode we were talking about. The the one thing that can possess other creatures, like the takes millibor? their memories. No, it takes their like memories. It's Oblex, Oblex. Oblex, Oblex yes. Thank you. Uh, and we were talking about like you know they put them up on a balcony. Uh, so basically, just a balcony. If there's ever a balcony, and it's like, oh, that's kind of shadowy. Boom! You can teleport up there, and now you're sorcering. Spells down from the from the heavens. That's pretty cool. I mean, that's that's not bad.
2: It's really just like a free Misty step in very specific situations. Exactly. Um, is that worth multi classing into?
1: Probably no. not. But if you're just going that dark brooding sorcerer type, that's fun.
2: What is the dark brooding sorcerer type? It's
1: this. It's these two classes. <laughs> Seriously, it's uh, shadow magic and it's uh, way of the shadows.
2: I never chose to be touched by magic. <laughs> trained in karate because I was mad. <laughs> I like it. I play that. Yeah.
1: Um. What other s- storm sorcery could that mesh well with way of the four elements, or are we just yeah. kind of taking away from either of them? Um.
0: I didn't really look into that one. Let's <sighs> <see>. Not having
1: <laughs> everything memorized. <laughs> I. That's. Honestly, my first experience is or my first thought is a lot of the thing with storm sorcery is that like uh, when you cast a spell, you go 10 feet in the air. OK. Yeah. Not really great unless you're just
0: especially not good as a monk.
1: Right. Um, yeah. You go up 10 feet. Nothing. Regain. Gain resistance to lightning and thunder. Nothing important.
2: Yeah, it's um, if it's easy. raining,
1: you can make it stop raining. Cool. That's important. Yeah. Hey, it's right in line with Monk's uh, level 14 ability of having absolutely no use in a campaign.
2: (laughs) No. Uh, A lot of the sorcerer things are, they almost heavy-handedly demand that you be a sorcerer, and that's it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Storm Sorcerer is awful.
2: There's one the the level
1: 14 abilities. If you get hit by a melee attack as a reaction, you can push that thing 20 feet away. It's like, no, 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 I want you nearby.
2: I'm a monk. (laughs) But if you're a shadow monk, you can teleport right behind them after you push them away. Nothing personal, kid. Nothing personal, kid. That's just a waste
0: of bonus actions. actions. Yes, it's yeah, right.
1: Monks have, you know, as we've said before, a ton of uses for their bonus actions. Uh, at seventh level, they get stunning strike. I think it's seventh level, Uh, you know, it's second level. They get their flurry of blows, uh, step of the wind, all those things that just make it so they have the best bonus actions of basically Mm -hmm. any, any character. The rogues are close, very close, but I think the monk wins out. Um, So I don't know. I mean, they're not, I feel like just overall from what we've talked about, they're not gaining much from the sorcerer. Uh It's more of, like, just trying to make it work. Yeah, and the sorcerer is not really gaining much
0: from the Mug. No. I'm actually really unhappy with this. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, we, we've had some ridiculous combinations, but some of them, like, I almost feel like I want to try just with how ridiculous it is. Ridiculous it is uh-huh. And we could kind of figure out a couple things, like, yeah, I could shape a class around that, a character around that. This one, nothing is exciting me about it. No. It's just boring across the board. It's... Right, they're both solid classes by themselves. Right, exactly. Well, actually, a lot of people don't like the sorcerer, but really, yeah. In the within the community, it's
1: commonly considered yeah. one of the weaker ones. Interesting. I think the meta magic is
2: they very strong ability. Ma- meta is strong, but at the same time, it really they do not have much on a wizard. It really seems like a reskinned wizard that does not have the advantages. You know, with their subclass. And then I think that's the big issue is the subclasses of Sorcerer are. In comparison to a wizard weird. subclasses. They're yeah. just out there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Draconic is nice, though,
1: very specific, uh, just to have a high AC. Um, wings. Wings. AC. Have like wings. Level. wings. Level. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. You could you also bonus. just
0: start as like an Heracocra or yeah.
1: right. a winged Tiefling. Right. variant. Can you. I, <laughs> 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 Which is winged tiefling a thing? Yeah. Yeah, really? They re- they I introduced think... it recently. Oh, okay. There is a variant I think, of I all think it's
2: But yeah. Okay. Tieflings have all these different variants. Yeah. Right. They LGBT. added a bunch
1: for yeah. like each specific devil, I think it was.
2: Yeah, yeah, kind of. That was
1: yeah. I remember they had that cultist UA. That one was really cool. Each cult had like its Oh, wait, wait. wait. They totally officially released that with Mordecai Moradin's went into each cult. Like if you're a cult of this devil, then they have this additional abilities. Yeah. And same with the Yeah, and the
0: Tiefling's from You have The, okay. the Belzebul Tiefling, the Dissipator Tiefling, which right. are all the Lords of the Nine Hells. Yep. Yep. Yeah.
1: Okay. That's pretty cool. I think um, one of them gives you wings. Okay. I believe it. I think. Yeah. Uh so yeah, I mean there's there's ways to fly. That's not a huge, huge concern. Uh so yeah, I'm just not impressed. I don't think anyone is.
2: Yeah. I, I, I
1: think this is a bad combo. Yeah. Not yeah. my favorite. So, yeah, I
0: mean, we're not even, we're about 35 minutes in. It's That's probably it. going to be less once we cut some of our bikini
1: bull crap. Um, <laughs> Hopefully, we got a lot to talk about with the Knolls. Otherwise, it's going to yeah, be Yeah, I short do run. have a lot to talk about with the Sweet. Knolls. Sweet.
0: But with, yeah, so with this, so again, we've tasked people before Twitter or whatever. Twitter's probably the best bet. Find us on Twitter. Let us know if you have other thoughts.
1: Yeah, seriously, if you're like, oh, I made a a sorcerer monk and it was the peak of the party, then one, I'm probably going to say you're a liar, uh, (laughs) but two, I will engage you in intelligent discussion because that's what I do.
0: Yes, so let us know your thoughts.
1: (laughs) Yes, definitely.
0: Monsters underscore malt sweet. Jesus.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we're going to say it every time.
0: Yeah. I, no, it's just not the... I understand we hit a limit and we couldn't do... Just an M&M. Google it. Yeah, just, just Google, Google Monsters and The multi classer Twitter account comes up.
1: It's true. It does. Uh, and also follow us for updates on the uh, monsters, teasers, and just general discussion and other cool things. Uh, but with that, let's get into our Monster of the Week. Yes.
2: This
0: week's monster is the Humble no, Or should I say previously Humble no. Thanks to our friend Volo and his Guide to Monsters, the gnoll has been expanded from a monster from the basic rule set with really nothing going for it and barely goes above level 4 to an entire campaign building threat with huge variety pulling in all sorts of different types of gnolls, different creatures that could have with it, and in a deep elaboration on its backstory and lore to really drive into what, what is a gnoll, what drives them, what creates them, and what, what do they do. I went into this, admittedly, a little little weary that the knoll's is going to be out. Oh, this is kind of dull and came away floored from Bolo's Guide to Monsters. And this is actually a fan-suggested one from Twitter.
1: It was. Yes. So please do suggest things because we'll jump right on them.
0: Yes. So thank you for that. So the knoll. Do you guys have thoughts or do you just want me to start jumping into it? Also, we'll look up that name. As Jared slowly pulls out his phone. We should have done that before. yeah. <laughs> As you do that. So yeah, the the knoll. Um the, the they're not even originally from the monster manual, they were in the basic rule set. And are they not in the monster manual? At they all? are. Okay. But okay. originally like you could they're in the back of the basic free rule set. Okay. That's on there. Um and initially they seem very, very dull. Like the basic gnoll is a challenge rating one half. Um very twenty two health, fifteen AC. It does one attack. It could bite, spear, or longbow. It does have its Rampage ability. Yeah, and then the only thing that's has is special for it is Rampage, where if it reduces a creature to zero hit points with a melee attack on its turn, the Gnoll can take a bonus action to move up to half its speed and make a bite attack. Which, when you're fighting like a level, like a, a party of four, hopefully people are not being reduced to zero hit points that much for it to come up.
1: Right, unless they're attacking each other. Which I, I know sounds weird, but they are like yeah. a very chaotic type. They wouldn't attack each other, though. Okay. That's good. So, I mean, and we'll
2: get to that in a second. They would, but N- not in a combat situation with the party. That's Right. For sure. yeah. Yeah. That's fair.
0: Yeah. So they, they gave you a couple souped up versions, the null Pack Lord, um, and then the null Fane of Yinogu, which they're just stronger versions of the null, Right. all with the Rampage ability and stuff like that. Um and a little bit of flavor. Then Volos came out. They have an entire chapter dedicated to the, just the lore and the tactics of the Null, And they're actually really, really interesting and also terrible. They are essentially spawns of the demon lord Yinogu. They're not They're not just some weird beast that's out there. Um, one point long ago, the demon lord Yinogu comes to the material plane. And I really hope I'm saying that right. we will say um, you are. Yeah, leaves a trail of dead bodies and just wreckage in its wake. Um, based on his bestial nature it attracts hyenas who eat the corpses that he leaves behind and these tainted corpses infect the hyenas who swell and bloat and in a flurry of abysmal 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 abyssal abyssal magic yes there we go abyssal magic transform into these gnolls and that was the first gnolls and then any gnoll when it slays a foe like the So you have these packs of gnolls, which also attract more hyenas. I don't know where the hell these hyenas are coming from.
1: <laughs> I don't know. These hyenas just appear around gnolls. I so, love that idea, because like, yeah. hyenas are savanna animals. Yeah. So it's like, I, haven't, I don't know of any area in Faerun, uh that is savanna. I've got a map right behind yeah. me. Uh, maybe the southern portion?
2: Yeah. I no, know. it's either desert or forest, you yeah. know. It, right. It's
1: just one of those, like, it doesn't really go into
0: details. It's just, there's hyenas. Like, hyenas... Show up around. Boom, the hyenas.
2: Knoll hunting Park. I That's hate it. when that happens.
1: <laughs> hyenas everywhere.
2: Just driving on
1: my commute to work and it's like, oh shit, there's hyenas following me again. <laughs>
0: and, and so they killed all those people. <laughs> and then so they'll kill, they'll they'll indulge in with the gnolls, feasting on these slain foals and become more gnolls themselves. So they populate very, very quickly. Right. And the, the gnolls, they're, they're terrible monstrosities of they're, they're abominations of...
1: Pure chaotic
0: uh, evil. Yes.
1: Yeah, the, the... the
0: Just hunger. That's it. They're, mm-hmm. they're completely driven by the will of y- Yinogu, who is a nihilist to an extreme. His his or her, I don't know if Do they The words have... Yeah, genders, whatever. Um, Yinogu's goal is to just destroy all life. They want to preside over a kingdom of decay in bloated, rotting corpses with no life whatsoever as everything withers and blinks out of existence. That is Yinogu's goal. And the Null embodies this.
1: Yeah, I get that feeling sometimes. (laughs) We're just like, man, I really wish I could just rule over a pile of corpses. You know, you're just like waiting in line for... I don't know, pizza or something. (laughs) You just think, wow, if there was no If everybody
2: was dead, I would be much happier. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I would have my pizza forever ago. I'd also have to make the pizza myself, but, eh, you know, I got time. Nobody's requesting anything from me. Win some, you lose some. Win some, you lose some. Um, For what it's worth, I did look it up, and it was Jesse the DM. Jesse underscore the underscore DM. So thank you for the suggestion. It was great. We're gonna keep on moving. Yes. <laughs> Sorry for the delayed, <laughs> delayed shout out. Yeah. yeah so No Noel,
0: Noel's fight with the fight with this just unbridled frenzy and hunger. Um, they consume everything they kill, every living thing they kill. And actually, real interesting is specifically what sati- satiates them is killing and consuming intelligent creatures. Oh, so they're driven to raid villages, and right. towns, and caravans, and. Stuff like that. They, they can't be reasoned with. Um, I know a lot of times we kind of like to go that route with these like kind of monstrous right. type races and stuff. Like, oh, maybe they kind of have their way of things. Let's make this a moral dilemma. No. noles, no. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs>
1: the <laughs> moral dilemma is how badly do we slaughter them after?
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, and you can't even leave one alive. Because if you leave one alive, it's probably going to get a kill. A hyena's going to feast with it.
1: Right. there's two noles. Yep. boom, just keeps going like that. Uh, 80 hyenas come out of nowhere yeah. <laughs> feast with hey, them. I heard right. you were
2: killing gnolls. What the hell are you doing, man? This is not Central Africa. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so and then uh Volos adds a huge variety to its bestry of gnolls. Um the highest being the flind. Yeah. Which is a really cool stat block. It's challenge rating nine knoll. Um it's touched by and blessed by Yinogu himself. I, I really think it's refers to Yinogu as a hymn. Um himself okay. and given a magical flail um the presence of one of these is kind of scary it's three attacks and need each, each This flail has three different abilities right yeah yeah, yeah and it's each so cool a different one. so you have flail of madness so it's uh plus nine to hit and does you know 1d 10 plus 5 damage then a dc system wis- wisdom saving throw or you have to make a melee attack against a random target within each reach on your next turn if you can't so you lose your action
1: Yeah, so, So, I mean, that's, again, that's one of its three attacks. So if the Flail of Madness hits you, one, you're taking a considerable amount of damage. I won't say anything crazy, but for one attack, 1d10 plus five, pretty good. Um, And then you basically lose your next turn. Right, if you fail that wisdom save. Uh, Flail of Pain, oh my god. For a challenge rating nine creature, this thing is terrifying. Uh, So it's that same 1d10 plus five, plus 40 10 psychic damage yes. which nothing has resistance to right is that barbarian really pissing you off because he's resistant to absolutely everything and you gave him a plus three weapon <laughs> 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 go ahead and throw some psychic damage at him because it's fucking game over uh and then the flail of paralysis which is also really great um Again, that bludgeon damage, another DC 16, this time constitution saving throw, or they're paralyzed until the end of their next turn. So that's two ways that they can just lose their turn outright right. or attack a random creature
0: yeah, on, and on the one of them. Paralyzed the makes to, everything worse, right? Yeah, especially when you, if you're fighting a pack of gnolls, right? Yeah. Like a whole gnoll war party. That's which what, what the Flynn would have around them. Mm-hmm. And it, the Flynn makes all three of those attacks every turn. You don't pick and choose. It doesn't actually
1: mention an order either, which no. is almost a little unfair. You can start off with that flail of paralysis yep. and stun somebody, and then you've got advantage on the next two other attacks, and they immediately fail the uh, the DC 16 wisdom, wouldn't they? Or No, no I no guess sense. not for paralysis. But if paralysis. you hit, it's a crit. Ugh.
0: So you're critting on that psychic damage.
1: Oh my god. So that would be 2d10 plus 5 plus 8d10. That's crazy. Yeah. I can't even deal with it. And then... On top of that, we've got Aura of Bloodthirst. Uh, if the Flind isn't incapacitated, any creature with the Rampage trait, which is every knoll. every single gnoll, uh, can make a bite attack as a bonus action while within 10 feet of the flind. So you're just going to surround this thing with a roaming pack of these gnolls. This thing is scary. I don't want to throw a level 9 party against a pack of gnolls. No. This is, like, high-level stuff. That's why you're saying, like, this is a campaign builder. Oh, for sure. Uh, You start off, and and maybe the flint, in my opinion, would be, like, the the big bad in in this case. Um, And it's just surprising. I mean, that can go up to level... I'd say, like, 15. I mean, just because it's challenge rating
0: 9 doesn't mean it's like, oh, it just stops there. No, because you're going to throw so many gnolls at it. Yeah, an entire... Like, so Volos gives you the tool to build an entire gnoll war party. Right. To throw at your characters.
1: Yeah, I, is... and I mean the the like moving on from that one, we went through all of their abilities, the Flind, which is again great. Yeah. Great as a, a main protagonist or antagonist, sorry. Um who who doesn't need to have much thought behind it. It doesn't need to be like, oh, it's got these nefarious plans. It's just like roaming around and causing yeah. a fucking problem. Its goal is to destroy the world. Exactly. And but it's, it's doing a sp- great job. <laughs> but it's
0: not smart enough to do it through some like elaborate no. supervillain plan. It just individually, on a very personal level, it wants to go through and dismantle the world with its war party.
1: Right. Um, so, you know, on the, the next page, we've got the knoll Flesh Gnar, uh, which gets this basically standard stuff. Uh, it does have the Rampage ability, which to reiterate, I don't know if we said the Rampage outright, uh, when the knoll reduces a creature to zero hit points with a melee attack on its turn, the knoll can take a bonus action to move up to half its speed and make a bite attack. Uh, So basically, when it kills something, it can continue to go and make another attack Uh, that's anywhere from 15 feet away. Uh, But the null Flesh Gnar gets a specific ability, the Sudden Rush. Until the end of the turn, the null Speed increases by 60 feet, and it doesn't provoke opportunity attacks, which gives them very great battlefield control. Mm -hmm. Uh, They can spread out in any way that they want, do tons of attacks, the... Armor class isn't too high at 14. The hit points aren't too high at 22. It makes three attacks, though, uh, which just, again, add up after a while. And, you know, you can really just manipulate the battlefield to however many of these things that you want. Oh, yeah. Um, they kind of work like uh, we we dealt before with the the Yuntai, not in this podcast, but in a, a campaign where you might be throwing the same enemy at a group multiple times in a row, but they almost don't get tiring in the same sense that something that's a lot simpler does uh because different amounts of them means that you have to fight them in a very different way maybe with a pack of these flesh gnar's you have to figure out a way to keep them where they are because they keep attacking something and and rampaging off to the side and doing damage uh maybe you even have this uh this flind on the battlefield but not attacking more leading uh, to give everybody that bonus of, on a uh, uh, a bonus action, they can do their rampage trait or they can just make a bite attack. Right. Uh, just empowering them. And, you know, there's just a lot of ways to, to make this a very interesting fight without changing up the enemy too much. Right.
0: Yeah. And so yeah, you got the Flesh and of which are the crazy melee attackers. Psycho barbarian f- yeah, types. Fighting in a flurry, launching themselves at people. They need the Null Hunter, who are the ranged attackers, Mm -hmm. um, who could cripple people, essentially. Oh, yeah. Their longbow. If you get hit by their longbow, your speed is reduced by 10 feet. Right. And so if there's a bunch of them, as far as I could tell, it could
1: stack. Yeah. Yeah, until you have negative 10 movement.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What is the implications of not being able to move in a negative way? Do you, like, just sink back into the earth? Return yes. to Mother Gaia?
1: Well, you have to, like, if you moved, uh, you know, 10 spaces in any direction, you have to just move back that way. It, like, rewinds time.
2: All right. That's actually a uh, physical potential for the gnolls. It's like <laughs> it's rewinding it. time yeah. via gnoll hunters. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, of course that doesn't work, but it can really cripple your melee characters. Yeah,
2: zero speed is terrible. Right. And I, I don't know if it specifically said anything, but any kind of... Large amount of these no types, especially with these more powerful ones in tow, it's gonna really fuck up your party's day, mm-hmm. uh, yeah.
0: And then the um, no witherling, witherling, very yeah, cool, the, which is um, it, it's really weak, it's a one fourth. Um, the image of it's really cool. It's kind of like this skeleton knoll with some matted fur still on it. I, I love the flavor of it, where it's saying if the gnoll war warband is not encountering sentient beings to eat, entities to eat, <laughs> um, they, they they start going hungry, they start starving. And so they will turn on each other and slaughter and eat the weaker ones. But when they do that, they make sure the bones stay intact and then perform rituals um, invoking yinogu. Who then raises these their bones back to life to continue fighting in the war party?
1: Right, and they're like just weird little skeleton boys that hang around. Right. They don't eat. They don't do anything besides just kill. Right. Uh, they're too dumb to do anything besides swing a club. A- again, they don't do a ton of damage. Uh, I think it's their their vengeful strike that makes them once again another interesting thing that you can throw at it mm-hmm. uh, in response to a null being reduced to zero hit points within 30 feet of the witherling, the witherling makes a melee attack. So it makes them like, even though they're very weak, very important to kill first, uh, because you can have a whole group of these witherlings and you kill one of them. And now tons of them get a bonus action attack right. where they can just come and beat up on whoever killed that knoll. And that keeps happening and happening. And I mean, if you throw five of these Knoll witherlings and each of them is getting this reaction, Right. That's annoying. Yeah. That's really annoying as oh, a yeah. PC. Uh so it just makes him yeah, so, a very big focus. Uh where usually you would like to uh take those dumb hits from the, the weaker beings and focus on whoever the, the big bad guy is. Um it, it just makes him a very big focus. Right. And then so that's
0: just the specific nulls, like the null archetype um monster type humanoid frenzies null then w- with the war party there's you could have non-nulls with it um really since, yeah since the no their spawns essentially they're spinned off of a demon lord it is not uncommon for demons to be part Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh yeah so there is I, I I didn't go into enough detail to point out the specific ones, but every demon within the monster manual Volos has a little a paragraph of lore, and they'll explain kind of what demon lord they're attached to. And mm-hmm. there, there's a good handful of them attached to Yinogu. Right. There is one though, um, the Sh- Shusuba, um, which is really cool looking. Oh, it's like a it's little like a demon wolf? hyena.
1: Yeah, I guess it is more of a hyena. Yeah, let's say a demon dog.
0: Yeah, well, specifically Hyena. That's oh. why it's attached to yinobu. Hyena dog. Yeah, hyena and yeah, yinobu will send these things <laughs> to back. protect, like, the flins and, like, the high-level, high-ranking. And so it's challenge rating 8, 110 hit points. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah, damage, resistances to cold fire, lightning, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing. non magical means. What? Can't be charmed, frightened, or poisoned. Um, Yeah, it has the Rampage ability, like everything else. And then it has... Uh, Two multi-attacks where it could bite and then has tail, like a stinger tail, like a scorpion. Uh, which, plus seven to hit. The First of all, the bite does 4d10 plus four. Oh that's my god. That's an average, that's 26 damage average. Yeah. Yeah, plus seven to hit. And then the stinger tail is a 15-foot range, does 2d8 plus four. And then you need a DC 14 con save or you become poisoned. And <sighs> this special type of poison also paralyzes you. Oof. You can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns, ending the effect on itself
1: yeah yeah okay that's crazy yeah Um, you're totally right this could be level 15 no problem yeah i think a a flint and and what is that called again a shusuba shusuba okay a a flint and a shusuba uh together yeah Uh, that's crazy i mean they're both challenge rating nine challenge rating eight and then you're expecting other gnolls on top of it that's a tough fucking fight yeah oh i'm
0: excited yeah and and out of the best you remember when i threw that uh kind of gorilla demon at you guys yeah that's another one that's connected to Yinogo. It's just like this unbridled rage just wants to... Damn.
1: Yep. Yeah, I mean, this just keeps... Yeah. The, the campaign itself isn't going to have any of these uh, deep moral quandaries that we usually like to touch on. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. You, you Kevin, yeah, put up a finger.
0: It's, so it's not going to be driven from the gnolls. There's not going to be questioned, oh, should we try and work with this gnoll war party that's ravaging the land? Like, <laughs> no, we should kill them. Yeah. By By what means? You, know, you could vary, you could set it up where this keeps growing, they keep multiplying in number, it's becoming really unable to be managed, and they start splitting up and taking different villages, and you have to decide who you're going to save, how oh. you're going to direct it, how you're going to fight them.
1: Yeah, yeah, you could definitely
0: make it interesting and add some morality issues to it. And like what sort of tactics you could have a devastating type AOE sort of long range, you know, siege type tactics on these gnolls descending on a village.
1: But it's also going to destroy the village, right? You know, so what,
0: what what route do you go?
1: Okay, so no moral quandaries in whether or not you kill them or anything, just more of like the additional damage is done.
2: Yeah, no. Wait, the gnolls of- are very binary. Right. They are bad. You are not as bad as the gnolls. Even in a chaotic evil campaign. <laughs> right. Like, you got to stop the gnolls. Right. Even right. if you're the, the evil warlock who's like, I have much bigger
1: plans after this. It's yeah. like, oh, oh you know, a
2: warlock is probably uh, assigned with a devil. Like, right. A warlock is actually a great adversary for gnolls. Right. Because <laughs> they yep. almost perfectly embody the demonic ideal, which is just this chaotic, I want to rule over all the corpses in this world. Yeah. Devils are not like that at all. They are very much more lawful than the chaotic nature of the demons. And I think the uh, gnolls are actually a great addition to the war between devils and demons. Yeah. Because the rampage ability is... It kind of sucks against PCs. You don't want to be getting reduced to zero HP. So Uh it doesn't come up. But in a war against, you know, like villagers or even... Lesser oh, devils. Okay. Your gnolls are suddenly very powerful. Right. So you're saying
1: they're maybe dropping these uh devils down to zero, these lesser devils. Exactly. Uh, like if a-
2: they're in a gigantic fight against a enemy that's, you know, less horrifyingly savage, they have a distinct advantage.
1: Yeah, that just sucks again as a DM, because now you have to manage like yeah. to make that actually worthwhile, you need the devils to actually do damage as well. Uh, So you need to like want to protect them. Otherwise, it's just like, well, why didn't they just attack the PCs who are obviously more of a threat? So that sounds like a big pain in the ass to manage, uh, but super cool.
2: Yeah, mass combat is the worst thing in D&D, but it is such a cool idea. Yeah, I totally agree. I
1: I think it's actually one of my biggest issues with 5e, and and they released that Unearthed Arcana on how to handle large-scale combat, but I feel like and this is not a compliment to myself, but I feel like I've come up with better ways to manage it. And I thought those sucked
2: <laughs> is one of those things I want to see done. Right, right. but I haven't
1: seen it yet. Nope. I think the only way to handle large scale combat, uh, which might be important if you do run the knolls is, uh, have these large issues that happen and let your PCs, uh, address them in smaller tactical areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and let the, the big things just be decisions don't let them be rolls. It just doesn't work. Don't try and make a group of wizards and a group of rangers and a group of fighters and try and break them up. And, oh my God, the rabbit holes I've gone down that just <laughs> lead to me going, huh, yeah, large-scale combat sucks. Uh, just keep it small. Just yeah. say, oh, hey, large-scale combat's happening and this happens and now uh, this uh, flind appears and you can tell that it's going to destroy the wall very quickly with its... A hyena demon that I, I already forgot the name Shusava. of she was in front of me. Um so you guys need to go and fucking deal with that now. You know, that's that's fine. That's the way you handle large scale combat is mm-hmm. big things are happening, but you need to deal with a little to influence the battle.
0: Right. And then a whole other thing with this that I haven't brought up yet is cultists to Yinogu. Right. Um Ugh. they're Yikes. they're rare, but they exist. And it's there's if you are touched by the taint of Yinogu is how it's put. Gross. You
2: <laughs>
1: taint. <laughs> Call it a grundle. <laughs> God.
0: If you have the corruption of Yinogu in your soul, okay. you innately recognize others the same way. So if you are a cultist mm. of Yinogu, you could approach gnolls. They will not they will t- they'll take you and they'll let you fight <laughs> with them. That's fun yeah and then so a cultist of yinogu is the enemy completely insane right you're getting into like the you know really pushing the boundaries i'm putting some fucked up shit in your campaign right. these are the people who will f- forego their weapons to rip someone apart with their bare hands and eat them raw and alive and then festoon whatever is left around the room and dump the remains of the body in their family's home like what the fuck kevin <laughs> Did you just
1: come up with that on the fly? Yeah. What's wrong with you?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Our DM is a sociopath.
1: You know, just weird stuff like uh, bathing in their blood and ripping apart your enemies and
2: tearing out their fingernails. What the hell, man?
1: (laughs) Uh, But yeah, you're totally right. The the cultists, and on top of that, I know the cultists have stat blocks. Uh, I'm sure, because they just yeah. have general cultists with usually some reflavorings based on the yeah, demon. Yeah, and the
0: items. There's the whole, in that first chapter about demons versus devils. right? When, and the area goes
1: into demons. Which there's just the
0: whole... so good. Yeah, so good. It is really read good. Read it. Everybody yes. read it. Yes. There's a whole chap- part of the first chapter that like goes into uh, the cultist to each demon lord. Right. And what sort of boons they'll get and a bit adjusting their abilities to fit them and how to role play them. So you, you could really build up this whole Yinogu cultist mm-hmm. that goes in with these gnolls. Um, and it's even talking about it's rare for a cultist to be a leader of these gnolls. But if there's a particularly intelligent and cunning one, go will allow that person to keep somewhat of that part of their mind uh-huh. while still having that bloodlust. And they are put in the leader of this war band. So, so that's a whole campaign build. Yeah, then they got their, Flynn, their left-hand man of the Flins
1: uh-huh. who has its left-hand man of yeah. the Shushu, Just left-hand all the way down.
2: Right,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> left and right hell the flint can have four of those things it doesn't like there's no, no. limit on them yeah,
1: yeah no totally um yeah. i'm imagining now a uh a gears of war type situation uh with the first game did you guys play gears of war everybody yeah. played gears of okay war. just making sure there's general rom uh and he reminds me of the flint uh and then you have uh queen mira who's like the actual cultist who's leading everything uh with the krill i guess being the sushifer uh it doesn't really matter. That's a
2: really uh, that metaphor is stretching beyond its breaking points. But. The krill,
1: yeah, that doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> but I, I like the idea of just uh, I don't know. I just loved Gears of War. <laughs> it was an all right game, I guess. The first one was fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a just terrifying and alien presence. Yes, I, I agree. I, I think um, you know taking away the. Original stat block of the cultist, or not taking away—that's the wrong word—but building on top of it to the point that it's almost unrecognizable. Uh, and you've got yourself and very powerful, uh, big bad evil guy, right? That I'm, I'm excited for. Let's well, make a nole campaign, yeah. guys. That—that's
2: that, a great escape hatch. What you mentioned was the smart nole leader. Mm-hmm. It's like gnolls are that, the biggest issue with gnolls is they are boring in their morality and their goals, right? They don't do anything but eat and kill and just—they're just monsters. But if you do have—if you do have a smart person, they can tactically rip out fingernails yeah. in a way that destroys a kingdom. Right. Right. It's like, oh wow, how did the entire realm collapse? I don't know. Some smart knoll fetishist, you know, got blessed by That's, the powers yeah. of a g- demon lord and you know got in the court or something.
1: Yeah, that, that's,
2: yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that that's makes what, the character. That's what makes
0: it campaign. Right. Yeah, so you can start out as level one. There's these groups of gnolls just seem to be striking a little more. They're not just rampaging through they're uh-huh. a little more intelligently. You know, let's go put these down. And it just keeps, you know, for, for standard gnolls at level one. You're fine. Right. And it just kind of keeps growing and escalating. And it's just figuring out. Knowles have never done this before. Why is this happening now? And you figure that out. It's like, well, there's no way. where I'm gonna go kill this thing right now. How are we gonna do that? And
1: and who's behind it all? The Nagpa. (laughs) (laughs) It could be actually. I know. I can (laughs) see the Nagpa found
0: this (laughs) genius of a person who was very unstable Uh and just nudged them in the right ways into falling into the corruption of (laughs) Yinogu. Right.
1: Oh, I love it. There's so many layers. I and, like and it. And
0: then after you dispatch the nagpa, which is challenge rating 17, so you're already getting up there, uh-huh. Yinogu himself says, himself back Comes down.
1: Man, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you guys did not handle this. I to take care of this myself. And now you have to fight
2: a demon lord. This is right All here. All the way to This is 20. a 1 to 20 campaign. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's
1: out of control. That's <laughs> pretty yeah. good. Um, it better be quick. That's... 1 to 20 campaigns are such a weird idea, especially when you're focusing on one singular thing, like right. the gnolls. Uh, because even though I said, like, oh, it's a monster that you can keep fighting and it's not going to get boring. It's going to get really fucking boring if you're fighting it from 1 to 20. Where it's yeah. like, okay, this is the yeah. exact same Yeah, well, that's why you kind of slowly dole
0: out the other things mixed in.
1: And there's also... Um, Tons if, of room for character building.
0: Yeah, it, it's, it's also saying, like, ghouls are very common to... Oh, my God. Go with gnolls just because, you know, they, they just want to eat everything and the gnolls kind of recognize that and will leave them alone. Oh, yeah. Um, hyenas. Yeah. Uh, trolls, even. I, I don't know much about... I know, like, what a troll is. I don't know right. much about their lore. And apparently they have a very similar mindset to the gnoll. Oh. And so they'll go together. Okay.
2: Yeah, I've always gotten the impression that the trolls are just kind of ridiculously evil types. Right. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and that's...
0: then you could even have... Um, It's saying, so the gnolls have no interest in treasure and valuables. Right. So they'll go through a village and kill and slaughter and eat everybody, and then Leave it right. So you have opportuni- opportunists, factions, and stuff following behind these Knoll war bands. like the Nagpa. I mean, that's yeah. basically exactly
1: what the Nagpa. Actually, is. Yeah, yeah, the yeah,
2: Nagpa yeah. funding his own political campaign you know, <laughs> to instill the rights of gnolls in the campaign. <laughs>
0: yeah, you know? so yeah, the Nagpa was a monster of the week a while back. Um, it, it's clearly listed in the description. They're terrible bird monsters who kind of pull the strings behind the scenes, cause the downfall of society. So go check that one out.
1: It Nagpas was cool. episode eight. There you go. Episode eight. Yeah. Um, it was a good one. So, yeah, I mean, I, I know that sounds dumb and it, not dumb. It doesn't sound dumb. It, it almost fits too well. Um, but that would just be a really interesting twist. And we were kind of talking about when we talked about the Nagpa, like, well, how would these things lead these uh, crusades to destroy villages and whatnot? And if, if the thing was they're pushing the knolls towards where they want uh, history and information and knowledge Right. Hey, that, that lines up perfect.
2: Yeah, the yeah. gnolls are actually a perfect kind of almost filler enemy Yeah, that does not have a general goal. Right, so you can give them whatever, you, or but, you somebody know, behind if your it. your goal involves destruction, you probably are good hiring <laughs> gnolls. Yeah,
1: yeah. Hiring is not even the right word. It's literally just dropping Hiring. them in an area yeah. and pointing yeah. them towards no
0: it. No one hires gnolls. Exactly. Yeah. Right? And you know. points out to say, one of the lines within the fluff of it is, nobody hires gnolls. Even the most barbaric orc tribes will not work with gnolls. right Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. one. Uh,
1: so, so, super fun. Yeah, I don't I'm, know, I... I'm
0: really glad we dove into this one. I think we have a tendency to look for, like, this standalone, high-level, cool monsters uh-huh. and someone ignoring stuff like this. I mean, I guess we're only, you know, 13 episodes in, so... But... <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad this was suggested. Jesse the DM. Yep, Jesse the DM. Thank you very much, Jesse. Yeah,
1: That was a very good suggestion. Yeah, I think we
0: need to do a similar one of these. We were talking about there's three kind of lower-level monsters. There's a whole bunch of them that are just kind of seen as defaults. So we have the gnolls, the goblins, and the, the yeah kobolds. Right. I think we could probably... I think all of those have a section in... You're the, saying those volos. all could be
1: rather large campaign. Yeah, versions?
0: goblins definitely. Yeah, goblins and cold balls have their own chapter in
1: Volos. In okay, the beginning. So might need to uh, skip over the Nilbog, seeing as we just went over that.
2: <laughs> huh? The Nilbog is critical to yeah, the goblin. It <laughs>
1: better be. If you're not having an entire arc based around the Nilbog, then you just you messed up. Yeah, so. that's that,
2: that's that's my personal feeling. <laughs> the Nilbog, Which was last came, last episode, but. You can just add flavor to your weird <laughs> goblin campaign. It's like, oh, there's a crazy one, right? Oh, <laughs> Unfortunately, great. with the nulls you don't have anybody like the nilbug because they're all psychotic. just monsters. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> oh, so crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I love the art for them too. Uh, it's it's very sickening. I right. want I want to vomit. Um, <laughs> one fifty three is the Flind uh, on yeah, Nills Volo. guide. Um, yeah, just check it out. It's it's great. Uh, any other closing thoughts?
2: No, uh I do not think that hyenas are that common. No <laughs> that still bothers me. So uh... Yeah, it
0: doesn't really explain it. I kinda <laughs> no. got the sense it has to do it's like it's demon magic.
2: Mm. Magical <laughs> demons <laughs> yeah. are the reason hyenas are in our neighborhood. <laughs> All right. Okay, cool. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so
0: yeah, use gnolls. Do them justice, Play them up as terrible yeah. and as horrific as they are. They're not fun little like, oh we're just stupid gnolls, like they're <laughs> and like I do goblins
2: yeah <laughs> well goblins we can make them fun Knolls you can't make you can't them make fun can't make goblins no. yeah, that's the or core those, of the knoll. Yeah. just remember yeah. that that's yeah. good flavor do
0: them justice in their cruelty
1: yes rip out fingernails
0: oh now that's too like methodical no, that's rip the off the entire of the arm. Arms.
1: Not if they eat the fingernails. What the hell, man?
2: I don't know. Nobody <laughs> eats fingernails. Well, no, actually, it's
0: more like all right. So you grab them by there and you just rip off the entire
1: arm. Right, but what if they keep only the fingernails? Didn't it say somewhere in there that they like keep trophies? No, no, no they no, just except. eat everything. Um,
0: practical stuff, weapons. Right, right. That's, that's what it yeah.
1: was. Okay, so not fingernails. Those aren't practical. <laughs> what if it was practical to extend your fingernails with other fingernails?
2: Um, I don't know maybe okay. they maybe they're weird about tabaxi tabaxi <laughs> have very pointy fingers <laughs>
1: yeah sounds about right yep uh, alright that's all I got yeah good good hell yeah cool thanks all guys right. thanks for joining us see you next week
2: next week on Monsters and Multiclass next week we're going to talk about the
1: Cleric Warlock Multiclass and the Elder Tempest from Mordecai Nen's of